Blog Talk Radio. time with Pastor Steph. to hear that's what I like to hear for this is the day the Lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it so where were you yesterday ah yesterday was let's talk about it Tuesday church folk day and we talked about our traveling yep our travelability can we go anywhere we want to go? Absolutely not. Well, we can, but should we go anywhere we want to go? Well, please watch going to the Bahamas. There's been a U.S. travel warning for the Bahamas. Yep, 18 murders since January 1st of this year, and we were only in 30 days of the year. So they have advised us to please watch out when traveling to the Bahamas. If you should decide to go, do not answer your door at your hotel or residence unless you know who it is. Do not physically resist any robbery attempt. Enroll in the Smart Traveler Enrollment Program, that STEP program, to receive alerts and make it easier to locate you in an emergency. Follow the Department of State on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Review the Country Security Report for the Bahamas and prepare a contingency plan for emergency and medical situations. Review the Traveler's Checklist. And finally, visit the CDC page for the latest travel health information related to your travel, okay? So just be on the alert. Just be on the alert. Well, we also talked about the Yusef Salam traffic stop here in New York City as the newly appointed New York City Councilman and part of the Central Park Five group was stopped 
last week for having some overly dark tinted windows as well as a Georgia license plate, you know, because there's a lot of trafficking going on. And when he announced that he was the city councilman, uh, they left him alone. Yes, go ahead, sir. Go about your business. Thank you very much. Well, he decided the next day that he would out the police officer who stopped him, but who had done the respectful thing by him. Yes, had not given him a hard time. And uh, only for him to be in the wrong. Yes, as a New York resident, he especially, as a New York City councilman, he should have definitely uh, turned those Georgia plates in, registered his car in New York, and he had not Mm-mm. against the law here, especially for the council people. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we got to talking about, well, who does that? Who brings the problems on themselves, especially considering that he had been through such a traumatic experience with the law back in his younger days. Well, our pastor Jeff declared that sometimes it's just in your blood. Mm-hmm. He said it was in his. He says as a person who's been in trouble before, you know, sometimes you just kind of push the envelope and uh you know as an individual who you know does business you know that uh he's really gotta hone it in roll it in reel it in however you want to say that and you know the due time crew did not disagree that you know we've definitely you know as people of god definitely got to, you know, face your challenges. You definitely face your challenges with, you know, trying to make sure you do the right thing at all times. It's not the easiest thing to make sure you toe the line, but uh, it's not in our blood. No, 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 especially Pastor KL, who said, nah, I shall pass on that altercation with the police. Well, the rest of the due time crew agreed, no, we're not getting in trouble with the law. We're not inviting the law. We're not going to mess with the law. No, that ain't happening. That's not happening. But the biggest message yesterday was, you know, just because, again, we are people of God, does not mean that the challenges are not out there, that we face the same challenge that you do. As a matter of fact, we can possibly go through a greater challenge. Yeah. Because, see, listen, listen, once the enemy has you, he's got you. What's the big deal? But when, who? Those people who used to be hellions turn their life around and allow God to kind of point them in the right direction. 
Mm. Now that's a challenge. You know, and, you know, it does say, you know, in the Bible, every time I try to do good, evil always presents itself. Yeah, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. So it was a really good conversation yesterday as, you know, it's not always easy to be candid either. No, you know, people want to walk around and pretend like they don't go through the struggles. They don't go through the difficulties. No, they, you know, they want to just say that, you know, the Lord has brought me from a mighty long way. Well, how far is that? And where is a mighty long way? Which direction is that? You really got to get down and dirty and let people know that you have been through some things. You really got to let people know that uh, this walk is not easy. And if I don't grab onto the hem of his garment, I'm going to be behind the eight ball every time. Yeah, because this is no joke. No joke whatsoever. E-V-A, whatsoever. All right. All righty. Well, it was a really good conversation and a comical one at times. Well, anytime you get Pastor Jeff and Pastor KL on at the same time, you you in for a couple of laughs. And they did not disappoint yesterday. So, you know, you will find an amusing conversation, but definitely an insightful one. And we give God thanks for his investment one Mogan. All right? All righty. Well, today is Wow Wednesday, y'all. Oh, we made it. We made it to the middle of the week. Now, some people, you know, they're like, well, what do you mean we made it? Well, we only got through Monday and Tuesday. Listen, there's a reason why people call it hump day. Because it's a real struggle for some individuals. Yeah, they're trying to figure out how they're going to get through this day. You know, they're whining and dragging and no. We have Wow Wednesday on our side to help us get going. So we are excited here on this due time with Pastor Steph for Wow Wednesday. All right? So come on, take that ride with us as we get our morning started. So come on, come on, come on, go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Come on, come on, come on, go ahead and tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on and whatever you do, don't go anywhere. Because we will be right back. Rubella is very contagious. If a woman who's pregnant gets infected during her first trimester or even the first 16 weeks, she may have a baby that's blind, deaf, and has heart problems. It's one of the leading causes of vaccine-preventable birth defects. When I first started in Rubella in 1994, it was on the back burner. And 
through a lot of hard work and working with dedicated people, we've been able to bring it forward. At CDC, we provide technical assistance in finding how big of a problem it is in countries that have not introduced the vaccine, looking at their surveillance systems to see how well vaccine introduction has gone, and we help them document the elimination of rubella. I do this because I love it, because I feel like I'm making an impact into people's lives. Good morning and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Wow Wednesday. Yes, we've gotten through Monday and Tuesday by the grace of God. Here we are at Wednesday and uh, we're pushing forward. God didn't just bring us to Wednesday and uh, there's nothing that we have to do. We have to push forward. We have to push forward and we give God thanks for not only making it to Wednesday, but it is the 31st of January. So we're about to say bye-bye to January of 2024 officially. Wow. Now that's a wow right there, a day that we have never seen before and a day we will never see again. Mm. Well, we've got one individual who helps us get through every Wednesday, pretty much. Let's say good morning to our girlfriend, Vivian, as she brings us the socially conscious segment. Good morning, Viv. Good morning. Happy Wow Wednesday. How are you, Pastor Seth? I am well, thank you, Vivian. How are you this morning? I'm well, thank you. I can't believe we are in January 31st. Man, tell me about it. You know, remember we used to do back in the day, you'd be like, how old am I going to be in 2024? Ha! Woo! And here we are. 2024, and like you said, we're just about to go into February 1st. God spares our life. So let's celebrate together. It's Black History Month. What you get? What, what, what are you looking forward to for Black History Month? Um, Nothing really, to be honest. I mean, oh, okay. I'm always, I'm always um, excited to teach my little ones something about Black History Month. Even though they're young, I still try to find a way to, you know, incorporate Black History Month into my lesson plan. So I guess I can say I'm a little excited about that, being able to teach them okay. at their young age about Black History. All right, all right, all right. Well, you got to make sure that you bring us some new inventions that we just were not aware of that uh, our people contributed to so 
Let's make that happen uh, going forward. We're looking okay. forward to that. So, you know what I always like to ask you. What you got for us today? All right. Today on Socially Conscious, we are starting off with an update story that I told here recently. So the city council has officially passed the How Many Stops Act. If you didn't hear the story last week, I believe. Uh, Mayor Eric Adams vetoed the bill earlier this month trying to stop the bill, saying it gives police too much unnecessary work and causes them to have to ask what he considered to be invasive questions. Now the act requires the NYPD to collect information including race and gender during nearly every interaction it has with the public. And actually, this story coincides with Pastor Stephanie's story from yesterday as one of the council members who supported the bill and voted to override the mayor's veto was Youssef Salam. As she said yesterday, he was stopped by police on Friday night for driving a car with tinted windows, but he was not given an explanation for the stop at the time. They say he was never told why he was pulled over to begin with, and that, as a matter of fact, he found out once the NYPD released the video and the report afterwards. And they say that this exact incident proves why the How Many Stops Act is needed. They're saying that oftentimes people are stopped, pulled over, and they don't really understand why. So somehow this How Many Stops Act will require police officers to not only make a official report, but it will force them to have to tell the individual why they are being stopped. Next, we have another Mayor Adams story. Reports say Mayor Eric Adams wants to crack down on landlords who are illegally locking out their tenants. They are saying East New York out in Brooklyn has the highest unlawful eviction court filing rate According to officials, they say since 2020, East New York zip code 11208 has been among the city's top five zip codes with the highest number of illegal lockout court filings. And they want you to know a few things should you become a victim of such an occurrence. So the tenant rights in New York City are unlawful evictions are illegal. Your immigration status does not matter. They want you to know you are protected against illegal lockout if you have resided in the space for more than 30 days, even if there is no formal lease. Every tenant renting a unit is legally entitled to remain in their residence until they have been officially evicted through a court-ordered process. They want you to know that a court order must be signed by a judge and enforced by a marshal or sheriff. Verbal evictions, 
letters, or notices do not replace any legal paperwork signed by a um, judge. It is illegal for a landlord to cut off utilities such as heat, hot water, and electricity to get the tenant to leave. And if you believe that you are being illegally locked out, they want you to actually call 911. So the city is definitely cracking down and trying to help families and people out who are dealing with this, especially in this cold I mean, it's been a little warmer in the past couple of days, but to be dealing with this and having your landlord turning off your heat and trying to lock you out in the winter is just absurd. So it is illegal for them to do that. And if you are dealing with this, again, call 911. Next, we have another update we've been talking about, and that is sexually transmitted diseases and infections. Lately, for the most part, the conversation has been about the increase in the number of cases. And unfortunately, that is still the topic of conversation. They say the United States syphilis epidemic cases has risen 9% since 2022. According to a new federal government report on sexually transmitted diseases in adults, there's some good news, though, at least that's what they're saying, as the rate of gonorrhea cases has fallen for the first time in a decade. They're saying gonorrhea cases have also dropped 9%. They say the total cases has surpassed 207,000 which is the highest count in the United States since 1950, according to data released on Tuesday. They're saying reports of STD testing was disrupted during the COVID-19 pandemic, and officials believe that the reason that chlamydia rate has fallen is because of the lack of testing during the pandemic. So they don't actually believe that these numbers are going down, but because they weren't testing for STDs and STIs during the height of the pandemic, that is why we saw decreases. They say while it continues to have a greater impact on gay and bisexual men, it is now expanding in heterosexual men and women and increasingly affecting newborns, which we also did a story on. The report also shows that of the most infectious types of syphilis, those rules not just across the country, but also across different racial and ethnic groups. Surprisingly, they're saying American Indians and Alaska Native people have the highest rate. South Dakota is one state that outpaced any other state for the highest rate of infections of syphilis. They're saying that 84 cases out of 100,000 people were positive for syphilis and more than twice as high as the state, which is the second highest, which is Mexico, New Mexico. 
So every time we turn around, there's a rise in some type of STD or STI. So make sure you are getting tested regularly, as they say, untreated um, STIs and STDs have major effects on our body for syphilis, which is a bacterial disease. It can surface as painful genital sores, but can ultimately lead to paralysis, hearing loss, dementia, and even death if left untreated. So again, make sure you're going out and getting tested and treating anything that comes up as soon as possible. Now for our wild story of the week. A mother of four young children and a fifth on the way tells the story of how she received a $50,000 bonus for taking a hard-to-fill job as a special education teacher in Oklahoma and then receiving a letter from the Oklahoma State Department of Education Education, saying she received the money in error and must repay it quickly. And she is not the only one. They're saying that at least nine teachers were asked to return bonuses ranging from 15000 to $50,000. A total of $185,000 went to teachers who ultimately did not qualify for the program at all, and $105,000 was overpaid to teachers who qualified but for a lesser amount. The mom says her bonus came to about $29,000 after taxes. She says she took the money and she did some home repairs, bought a new car for her expanding family, and pretty much spent it. And now she's saying that they're telling her she was ineligible because she had previously been employed as a full-time special education teacher in another district last year, even though she says she indicated that on her application. They say the bonuses were awarded under an Oklahoma program that is intended to help recruit new teachers for the most difficult jobs to fill, including early elementary and special education. In the wake of the mishap, Oklahoma legislators are looking to overhaul the program to prevent paying the bonuses in a lump sum and implement a more rigorous screening process. And there is currently no word right now as to what is expected to happen with or for these teachers who are now expected to pay back this money that they don't have. How fair, how unfair is that to lure these people in with these promises of a hefty bonus? $50,000 is a lot of money. And now you're expecting them to pay it back because somebody didn't do their job properly. Hopefully they get to keep this money and maybe make some extra money with the counter lawsuit because this is absolutely ridiculous. But this has been Vivian with Socially Conscious giving you the news that we are following. And remember, if you have any wild stories you would like to submit, please feel free to direct message me on Facebook. My username there is Vivian VM. 
and come back every Wednesday to find out if your story has been chosen. Thank you, as always, to our loyal listeners, and thank you, Pastor Steph. Oh, thank you, Vivian. I got to tell you, I followed a little better this week. Followed a little better this week. I won't drive you crazy having to uh, give us the stories all over again. Thank you so much. You know how I always ask to please stick around just in case we need some clarification. Um, Other than that, we pray you have a blessed day if you don't join us. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. Ah, mm. Well, these are some really interesting uh, stories here. Well, it's time for us to speak to our ladies. So, let's say good morning to our elder Natisha. Where is she? Good morning, Elder Natisha. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Pastor Seth, my sisters, and our loyal listeners. Oh, good morning. How are you? I am great. I'm sitting here. I'm walking. I decided I wasn't going to sit down during our segment no more. I was going to get my cardio in even while on with oh. you guys. So I'm walking this morning. All right now. All right. Get those steps in for me. Get those steps in for me as well. <laughs> Please. Um, so you've heard how uh, things are shaking up over here in the New York City area as we have that How Many Stops Act we talked about last week. And uh, they won. They won. Um, they do have to uh, make sure they say and ask certain questions, and we had that Yusef Salam stop that took place, and he <laughs> fell right into the situation as to why we need the you know this act. So, what do you think? I think I love how God will set a thing up. You know, we talked about it last week, and we said that it was a matter of just human decency and respecting of human rights, that you don't just have the authority to just stop me because you have a suspicion without respecting the fact that as a person I'm due some explanation and that you should at least have some, you know, some information about me. And so I'm so glad that this happened, and I feel like it was literally a setup for this council member to experience uh, what it felt like to just be stopped and to be treated less than human to be able to come back and prove that this is why this is important and this is why we need it. So I am so glad that it was passed in spite of, you know, uh, uh, the mayor's recommendations. All righty, all righty. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, and uh, I can't wait till we continue this conversation. Let's talk to our girl, Lady Tamika, and see what she thinks about the yes. Yes, yes, yes. Good morning, Lady Tamika. Good morning. Happy Wow Wednesday. How are you today? Yes. I am well, thank you. How are you? 
I am doing well. Thank you. And I wanted to give a shout-out to my sister, Walker. Ah. <laughs> I do the same from time to time. <laughs> all righty. Maybe we'll all be walking one morning. Okay. <laughs> Let's see what you got to say about the fact that it passed. That act actually went through and... Not a moment too soon as we ended up walking right into this particular uh, occurrence. And what's your thought? I am glad that um, they were not able to do what they wanted to do. You know, I can tell you um, there are gentlemen that I know that, you know, have been stopped, including my sibling. Um, and, you know, you shouldn't have to defend yourself for walking in your neighborhood. Um, I'll give you a prime example. Um, he was leaving the home, and um, as he was coming around the corner, there was a cop in the car, and the cop got out, and he was like, where are you going? He was like, what do you mean, where am I going? You know, um, I'm just walking the streets. He was like, well, I saw you coming from a different, from what he said was my brother was coming from an opposite direction, and, you know, there were some things that were going on in that area, so he wanted to know what my brother was doing. And my brother said, you know, he defended himself. No, I wasn't walking in that direction that you said that I was walking. You know, the benefit for him is we have the ring, the ring doorbell, so when you walk in front of the premises, you're automatically seen. So, um, and it has so much of a span, it shows the whole entire block. So he showed the officer I wasn't coming from that direction. You can see the time that I was walking out of my house. So, you know, it's sad that you should have to defend yourself for just walking down the street. And so for things like that and for Brother Yusuf, you know, who is an example, you know, I, I just got, you know, my life together. You know, I'm away from the cops only to be stopped for, for sitting in my vehicle. It's not fair.
I'm held accountable to now take this information and turn this information in. I have to, I'm reminded that I I do have people I have to answer to. I'm not my own boss. Absolutely, absolutely, ladies. You know, they they have run amok for a long, a long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, they supposedly, you know, uh, was supposed to slow down and stop you know, to stop and frisk and all of that. And, you know, as we talked about here previously on his due time, you know, it has not stopped. They have found another way to get it done. And, you know, with this act being passed, you know, you 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 have you you know you're slowing them down now now the interesting part to me i don't know you know what you ladies thought of but it's interesting that adams is the one who um you know is voting against it and to me you know you should see the plight of you know the uh brown man and brown person and you should you know be pushing this not trying to stop it, you know, with the whole premise of, you know, it takes too much time and, like, okay, if you need that extra time, then utilize the extra time. You know, there's a whole lot of other stuff they waste time on, you know, but we can't cut corners in certain areas. So I'm just a little surprised that, you know, you have a hard time with this, that you couldn't even see the benefit. Um, more than you did, and you wouldn't try to push it more than suppress it. So I, I, I don't know what you ladies think about that, but that that kind of stuck out to me. And um, hopefully now that this is an official act, you know, now we'll possibly see some changing. I don't know. I don't know. All right, we've got this sexually transmitted disease and infection issue going on with this major increase. And um, there's an, uh, a conversation about syphilis, gonorrhea, chlamydia, God only knows what else. And, um, you know, Shantice always says, you know, when you go into these other places, you know, what else do they have to do? You know, Vivian says South Dakota is the highest, <laughs> has the highest. And you're like, well, what goes on in South Dakota? Well, you know, are we talking about um, a poverty issue? Are we talking about a lazy issue? Are we talking about, you know, health facilities? You know, what comes to your mind when you hear um, this increase in these sexually transmitted diseases, Lady Tamika. Uh, just like you, the first thing that I thought about is what y'all doing in Dakota? <laughs> that makes the rate so high, you know. Um, and then my thing is, you know, um, we, we talk about the oldest living profession. You know, and I'm not saying it's just that because, you know, you sleep with somebody, you know that you got it, and you sleep with somebody else. And you keep sleep. You know, I've seen occurrences where that happens, you know. And so apparently, you know, that is the hobby, you know. If there's nothing else to do, you're bored, you know. Apparently, you know, this is what you do. But 
you know, just speaking transparently, and we've often talked about, um, you know, being careful with what you do. You know, you can't just nowadays, you have to be so very careful. You can't just nowadays just sleep with anybody. You know, I know that was probably, you know, a pastime for, you know, in the day, back in the day, but now, you know, just because they got a pretty face or a handsome face doesn't mean that that's, you know, where you should go. You, you got to ask questions. You got to look before you leap, literally, because you might just leap into a death trap. Mm-hmm. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Well, how true is that? Shantice, you know, what are we talking about here? There's a lot of information uh, given in this particular um, news piece. And what sticks out to you the most? <laughs> the same question that Lady Tamika had, the same thing I was thinking, like, all right. So, you know, when um, the pandemic hit and, you know, everyone was isolated and, you know, it was like, okay, we got news like this. It was like, okay, well, everybody's locked in. So it's like, what else is everybody really doing, you know, besides maybe learning something new or, <laughs> or you know, learning different habits or something? This is just. To, to hear this and it's like at what point are we going to pay attention to the fact that this is real that this is something that is really you know can really harm us can possibly really be fatal um, you know I know at one point you know when you're learning this in school and you're learning that um, you know this may not be you know a, a disease or a virus that once you get it, you know, it kills you, but if you don't treat it, you know, if you don't, if you continue to not take care of your body, if you continue to still be um, sexually active while you have this and now you're continuing to spread this to other people, you know, it's like, what what are we now doing with this information? Are we just hearing these statistics and we're still going about our business or are we you know, going to get ourselves checked out and still taking the necessary precautions to do our part in making sure that we don't help the numbers to increase. You know, that, that's where my mind goes. Like, what what am I now doing, you know, with this? Whether you're, you know, sexually active or not, are you still going to, you know, still get tested? You know, are you going to, and you know, some people may say, well, if you're not sexually active, why would you still go get tested? Listen, maybe to keep it active in, in your head, you know, because when you now go to, whether you're going to the hospital, to a clinic, to the doctor's office, whatever, this is still, you know, reminding you that this stuff is real. You know, we have to really be cautious, especially now with the the generation that we're dealing with where everything is not, you know, everything is dragging it to them. Everything ain't that serious. And, you know, they're thinking that they can just do whatever and there's no type of consequence. We have to really make sure that when we're hearing stuff like this, if everyone thought, what can I do to now help this to, you know, and not be one additional number, I think numbers would start to decline. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm, a lot of stuff to think about. Uh, Elder Nitisha, a lot of numbers being thrown around, a lot of serious uh, lasting effect going around. Yeah. 
And I think numbers are actually um, what's at play here. I've learned even at uh, doing the work that I do that statistics only tell part of the story. They never really tell the full story. They don't share uh, the amount of people within a particular area that don't have health insurance, which can be a deterrent to going mm-hmm. to uh, your health care provider. Um, they don't tell um, the lack of uh, clinics uh, that are within these areas, right, where people are able to get prophylactics in order to uh, take care of themselves. And so you can have the, the same level of normal sexual activity taking place, at a, uh, you know, in a particular state, but because of the poverty rates. And so I feel like you hit the nail on the head, Pastor Steph, when you brought up all of those other comorbidities, if you would, that uh, play a part in um, – how we get to these statistics, there are variables that determine these numbers. And so I think, you know, that just causes us to have to look a little deeper. So one of the things I did was kind of look at South Dakota. The poverty rate in South Dakota is at 12.5%, which doesn't Mm. seem, you know, um, like a, a huge percentage, but it does represent a particular population. So now if most of the simplest cases come from within that particular population, then that's why the numbers would seem extremely high as opposed to the overall state um, of Dakota. And then when you look at the list for the poorest states in the U.S., New Mexico is listed, which I know was one of the places also that Vivian um, mentioned, and their poverty rate is 16.8%. So, again, I think – you know, numbers are at play, and those numbers tell the full story, that it's not just about reckless behavior as one would, you know, initially jump to, because you hear that and you're thinking, well, what are y'all doing? But if they don't have resources, if they don't have clinics, if they don't have, you know, places where prophylactics are readily available, like here in certain states, you know, in New York and different places, you can just go right into your school clinic and get prophylactics. And that may not be the case in some of these other states. So numbers definitely are at play. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, that that's definitely where my head went at first. You know, like what's happening, you know, in these areas? And you hear, you know, places such as these um, top two locations and you you know you kind of know the deal period whether it's you know in these particular areas or if they're in other areas but it has to be something that that lends to the increase in numbers it has to be something else opposed to just being lazy or reckless or careless that's adding to the increase in you know these numbers especially when you're talking about you know the birth defects and and things like that you know we we've heard before that you know syphilis and um gonorrhea and chlamydia can have lasting effects not only on you but can have effect on your infants your babies your unborn you know where they're born blind and and things like that and you know you don't want to believe that people are just that um, reckless that they don't even care about their children, you know, their unborn children and things like that. And, you know, um, we we do know that this country suffers from, you know, health insurance issues and, you know, 
this migrant um, issue is not going to help um, anything in in certain areas, but it's going to help in others because it's going to have to, it's going to kind of force them to expand um, the ability to get. So, you know, um, hopefully, you know, with with this awareness and these numbers um, coming out, that you know there'll be some new uh, opportunities for you know people to get a little more help. Um, you know, some of the initiative for medical assistance is going up. Um, there was a big campaign, a larger campaign this year than in years gone by in regards to um, uh, uh, getting uh, health insurance and, and your opportunity for choices and things like that. You know, I, I did see a little more, you know, option you know, out there. So, you know, hopefully all of this will lend to the numbers going down opposed to the numbers going up. So, ooh, let's uh, keep this lifted in prayer. All righty. So we've got this uh, landlord issue. You know, one of the things that was good with the pandemic or during the pandemic was the fact that you could not uh, kick people out. The landlords couldn't, you know, evict people. Uh, Mortgage companies could not, you know, foreclose um, so easily. And now uh, Mayor Adams is is trying to crack down because out in East New York, they seem to be going buck wild in Brooklyn. And it's good to know some of the stuff that uh, Vivian gave so we can pay attention to it. You know, um, they used to call them squatters' rights uh, back in the day. And, you know, you have to um, make sure you toe the line. You know, you can't just put people out the way you'd like to. Um, Verbally, you can't do things. You can't cut off people's utilities. And the biggest thing, which is what I heard, because I really thought 311 was going to come out, but 911 came out. Shantice, how does that make the difference when a person is facing eviction unlawfully. How does being able to call the authorities make the difference? Yeah. It definitely, again, changes the fact that people can just do whatever whenever, you know. Um, Definitely, again, if you decide to be a landlord, It'll make you sit down and really properly, like God teaches us, analyze everything. Is this something I'm supposed to be doing? You know, who should I rent to? Um, How do I go through the screening process? You know, again, asking God to help you with the discernment as to who to have as your tenant. You know, um, how do you deal with the tenant? You know, all of these things, it's not just this, I wake up today, I got an extra room. Now, I can be a landlord, and they move in for five minutes, but because I don't like the way they carry their mattress in, now I can evict them. It's like, again, you can't just do whatever you want, however you want, so it will definitely help now to solidify that. And, again, with the um, the process of 
the the tenant, you know, it'll definitely protect the the tenant and with the landlord you would again definitely have to make sure that you're doing it on point because, you know, we do have and hear about the stories of the tenants taking advantage of this situation because they know that technically you can't just you're not supposed to just be able to put them out on the street. So they'll, you know, take advantage of certain things like that. But now with you being at the head of this this can still be protection for you too, but it will definitely, definitely, definitely help you to analyze it from the start, from the start. So now if it gets to the point where you have to now, you know, get the authorities involved, you you could have gone through your checklist and say, yes, I did this, I did that, I did that. So now by the time it, it's time to get the police involved, I didn't did everything I was supposed to do everything I had the ability to do. Now it's time for them to step in. So now when the courts get involved and they ask, did you do, did you do, yes, I did, yes, I did. But, yeah, it's definitely um, something that will help to make sure that everything is done properly. All righty. Uh, Elder Natisha, this definitely changes the face of things in regards to just being able to toss a person out or being able to treat your tenant any which way you'd like. Yeah, and I mean, and I think that that's important. I do think that the uh, the answer um, in this uh, really is to pray, right, so that you can operate in spiritual discernment as to who you are opening the doors of your home to. You know, we rented out our New York um, property, and I, we, I did. I mean, there were so many people that I felt like, you know, we could be a blessing to with this property. Um, and, you know, and my heart went to, oh, this person and that person and so on and so forth. <laughs> Ultimately, you know, I was like, okay, Father, you show us who to to, to open me to, to rent this to. And, and so he did. And, and we've, you know, thank God, not had any problems. But there are laws in place, even the lease. When I um, went to my realtor to get, you know, a, an official lease so that we could sign it, because I said, listen, even though this person, you know, we know them and close to them and all this other kind of stuff, like all the legal things need to be taken care of so that the friendship um, is not destroyed. And so that lease, not only did it protect us, but it protected her as well. You know, it, it protected, it had verbiage in it that said we have to give her at least three months notice. So even when we come to the end, we did a one-year lease to see if she wants to buy it. So we gave her the ability to rent for a year to just see, you know, what, what, what owning a home would feel like. And then she has it. But even after that year, we have three months that we have to give her in order for her to relocate if that is what's going to happen. So, you know, in, in an official lease, all of that is in there. And so when you call the authorities, all a tenant has to do is pull up their lease. And right. so that's why don't just, bury your, don't just bury your lease with your papers in some place because you done got in and you happy. I'm in now. No, uh, keep your documentation. Take a picture of it. How is it someplace that it is readily available for you to access it so that if your landlord tries to put you out illegally, you can pull up your documentation and says, look, here's my lease right here. 
This is what it says in the lease. I have to. And I wouldn't sign a lease that says that you're at at will. No, don't sign a lease that says at will, that I can put you out at will. That's jeopardizing you. They need you just as much as you need them. So Mm -hmm. make sure that in that lease, you take it seriously and know that you have rights as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Lady Tamika, what are we talking about here? Protection? Extra protection? Little protection? Well, first I want to put a disclaimer. I feel a little offended because that's my area code, ironically. Uh, 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 And, of course, I say that in jest. You know, not in truth. You know, I understand that situations like that are real. You know, on the other hand, in addition to that, I'm aware of two individuals that I know that had issues with their landlord. Um, one, a female, who um, the landlord was intimidated. You know, he would do things like, you know, in the middle of the night, bam, on the back door. There's only two ways to get through the back door. That would be through my door or his door, you know, and so... When you've got keys and access to things like that, you know, she would call me in the middle of the night, you know, just asking me to pray for her or to come by because he wouldn't do the things when I was around because, of course, you know, I, she, he, she, he didn't want me to see him do the thing, you know. And, you know, she was like, I can't ever prove it. It's just all this stuff, you know. And she had issues with heat, you know, and then it was she turned the heat up too high and she had issues with her health. So turning the heat up too high caused her other issues, you know. And she was like, I can't take it anymore. So she moved to Florida um, because she just couldn't do it anymore. You know, I know of another incident where, you know, they were doing all kinds of stuff. It looked like they had created an illegal property and they were renting it out. And then I guess at that point, after renting it out for almost a year, now they're trying to get the person out, you know. Um, And again, you know, it's a hardship for the individual. But then, on the other hand, I also know of an individual who owns a property. And the individual has been living there for a year and has not paid any rent. And, you know, can come and go as they want to. So, you know, it's a hardship. And, and the way to fix that is to make sure that both parties are doing what they need to do. If, if, if you as a landlord have a property... Send a letter, have it, have it um, go through mail, you know, and not just regular mail, you know. Certify your letter so that, hey, I tried to get this person out. You know, I, I told them this and I gave them the documentation and blah, blah, blah. And the same thing with the tenant. If you've got an issue in the home, there's a water damage, if there's a leak, if, there's, if the stove is not working, the microwave exploded, whatever the case may be, send a certified letter. To your landlord, this is the issue. That way you've got documentation, you've got a paper trail, so that it's beneficial to both parties, so that you get that done. You know, and that's one way to help everybody, you know, both the, the, the ones that's being offended as well as the offender, so that it works well for all that are involved. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, um, having been a landlord for 30 years, you go through some things. Um, you know, out of the 30 years, we'll, we'll be here, like 20, not 29 and a half soon. We, I only didn't rent for six months since we've been here in this home. And you go through some stuff. You definitely go through some stuff. And I think this is excellent, um, as has been said, for both sets. 
for both sides. It is not just the protection of the landlord. It is not just for the protection of the tenant. Both parties need something in place. And I think the key thing is for people of God, make sure you put this before the Lord. Because a lot of times you're looking at the wrong things. You're looking at the wrong um, um, areas. You're mm-hmm. focusing on the wrong things. You're missing some things, and, and, you know, sometimes you're rushing or whatever the situation is. So prayer is definitely the key to kind of moving forward in this um, in this process. Oh, let's get to this wow story. So... The mom of four children and pregnant with number five receives this 50K bonus. And come to find out that not only her but other teachers, I think nine um, other teachers have definitely received these bonuses in error. And at the end of the day, after she didn't got some home repairs and some new car and you know they spend their money you know they're excited they've applied they've been told yes and now they hear we're sorry you know, you shouldn't have gotten this money what should the recourse be elder natisha <laughs> that sounds like a you problem buddy mm-hmm. um if the check mm-hmm. was in if the check was in my name and you gave it to me telling me it was a sign-on bonus and it, you come to find out later on that based on the perimeters of, of how it was supposed to be spent, that perhaps I shouldn't have gotten that or I shouldn't have gotten as much, that is your problem. That's your error, and you will have to rectify it going forward, but you won't rectify it going backwards. Where we do that at? And I don't see a judge or uh, anyone who would be able to, in all fairness, um, make those people have to give back the money. First of all, as teachers, I believe that they deserve it. I think that they deserve that money. I don't think that teachers are paid enough already as it stands in any way. And so the bonus that you gave her literally was just to supplement the lack of income that they received for the level of sacrifice and, 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 and importance that they play to our society. I don't think teachers make nearly enough money and don't get the respect that they are deserved. And shame on those individuals for thinking that they should be taking anything back from educators. Shame Mm, on them. mm. All right, Lady Tamika, what's your thought on this uh, overpayment? And now we need our money back. There should be some type of reprimand for them. How do you tell somebody? It, it, it's one thing if, if a bank accidentally gave you the money. This is a job that I said yes to. I agreed to, you know, to, to deal with these students. We're just talking about right, regular students can give you can give you grief and havoc and, and cause you gray hair and you know cause you to lose your mind, you know. And you're you know and and the the extra stuff that you have to do as an educator. Um, it is mind-blowing. So now I agree to this, and now you're going to take back what you, what you agreed to get. This is a contract. 
how do you now say, oh, <laughs> we were just playing, you know, <laughs> the money that we gave you, we need that back. No, I, I stand I stand firm, flat-footed. No, you are not getting it back. You need to find another way to get those resources. You know how you get grants and scholarships for schools? Figure it out because you're not getting it from me either. Mm-hmm. That's two for two. Shanties, what do you tell them? How do you feel? What do you think? What should they have to do? Or is it on them, the the giver? I would say just consider this a bonus for all the stuff I'm going to have to deal with the remaining of the school year. Um, <laughs> consider this an advance to me. As, yeah, that that is, you know, even like one of the ladies just brought up the, the bank, you know, and I had a situation with that yesterday with um, a company and it's like no one wants to own up to their mistakes you know if Mm -hmm. you messed around and you ended up Mm -hmm. giving this extra money sometimes you just gotta take that L like sometimes Mm -hmm. you you really you know and it's an unfortunate mistake but if it was on the opposite end you would want those educators to own up to their mistake. So how about you own up to yours, let them keep that. You know, as it was said, and I completely agree, they do not get paid enough, especially the educators who are on point, who take their job seriously, who go above and beyond, who, um, you know, we don't know the sacrifices a lot of these educators make, how they have to pick up the slack of the other ones who are not doing what they need to do. You know, I, I may be a teacher, but I also got to be a janitor. I also got to be um, a babysitter. Sometimes I got to be the principal. If the principal isn't on point, sometimes I got to be the parent. You know, we, we don't know, we don't understand a lot of times what they have to do, you know, the things that has to be done in preparation for the following day, you know, for, for the following week. So you may just have to end up, listen, there's a lot of petty cash <laughs> within these school systems, there's a lot that um, of funds that just sit there or get spent on useless things. So this was an error. Just chuck it up as, okay, a mistake. Let's be a lot more careful moving forward because you got to be careful with showing dollar signs to people and now you talk about you taking it back. That is, you're just asking for a cafeteria uprising. Just leave it alone. <laughs> let them keep Let them keep that. And, you know, going forward, everyone just be a lot more cautious. I, I actually agree with you, ladies. Um, you know, I'm looking here at my notes, and I thought I, I heard special ed. And, you know, as has been said, you know, being a teacher, I, 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 listen, I teach the Bible. That's all I say. Thank you, Jesus, for teachers, because it couldn't be Stephanie. And teaching teaching the Bible and being a pastor that 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 comes with its own stuff. But being a teacher, uh, I'll pass. Mm-hmm. I shall pass. And now you're talking about special ed, and you know it, it's. I always say when you deal with people, you always if you got ten people sitting there, you got twenty personalities at least you're dealing with. And if you're in a classroom and you got 24 students, you got at least 48 personalities that you're going through. Now, you've got a special ed class. Now, you remember now this is this is kind of vast. There's a lot of different areas that these children have special needs in. And 
You know, you want to give these people, teachers, special ed teachers, you want to give these people bonuses and hefty bonuses because they absolutely deserve it. We're not talking about these near-do-wells and the ones sleeping with the kids. We're not talking about those. We're talking about good Mm -hmm. teachers, wholesome teachers. And, you know, my thing is, Recoup from the one who made the mistake. How about that? I'll tell you one thing, there'll be a mm-hmm. whole lot less mistakes going on. You cannot yep. pay people, you know, and now or give people money because, it, it, like, like it was said, happens in banks. It happens all over the place where, you know, they're like, oops, we're sorry, there was a glitch. And, you know, how many times have we done stories here on his due time where we just did one where police got um suspended because the bank gave um, them too much money and they went through the money and they uh, was like a hundred thousand dollars and when they went back to take the money <laughs> they was 38 they were 38,000 short surprised absolutely not it, it takes a real uh, uh, solid person to hold on to the money and, and I have to tell you it ha- it actually happened um, to me where you know when you get um, Social Security, you know, I had to pay back. You know, you have to pay back the insurance company who initially paid you during the time, you know, Social Security is going to give you your money for. So, you know, if they're going to give you back money for a year, if that insurance company was paying you, they they get their money back. And, they actually left me the money in the bank. They were like, okay, and I'm telling you, it was it was money. We ain't talking about no $1,500. We talking about some money. And they let me know, we're going to, you know, we, we need to come for this money that, you know, you got back. And when they went to take it back, it was sitting there. Every single penny was sitting there. And I had people like, man, it's good it was you. It's because at the end of the day, I didn't want the headache. I know I can't pay nobody no money back, so why am I going to put myself in that situation? However, listen, that's not the average mind. The average mind says, hey, I got this money sitting up in my account. I got this check. You, These people applied for this. How would they have known that they were not supposed to get it? Now, it's different when a, a, a check hits your or money hits your bank account out of nowhere, and you don't call or ask any questions. But you talking about people who applied for this benefit. They are, they applied for this, and now you give it to them, and now you're going to tell them, oh, we sorry? No. Go to the people who made the mistake. Those are the people that you recoup the money from. And I'm talking about across the board, whether it's bank and, you know, or somebody made a mistake and put this in your account, go back to that somebody. Wherever these errors are coming from, recoup from those people. You should not be looking to recoup from these, all of these people. They said it was nine teachers who this happened to from $15,000 all the way to 50000 And you should not be asking them to come up with the money and repay you. No, sorry, y'all didn't lost that money. As Shanti said, Take that L, as Elton Atisha and, and, and Lady Tamika said, oops, sorry, that's it. You can't take, don't take no, no, no food out the baby's mouth. That's out. So, you know what? 
I think they need to start making an example like they're doing with the landlords, and then we'll all be smiling because it'll be a whole lot less <laughs> mistakes, and we ain't going to have to worry about trying to pay back no money. Ah, <sighs> Well, that kind of walks us into our topic. Thank you so much, ladies, for indulging Vivian and myself on the socially conscious segment. And we were talking last week about idols. And the list is pretty extensive, but we only got through three of them. So I didn't want to miss the opportunity to talk about some of these other idols. And one of the idols that we are, you know, looking at on this list is wealth. They're saying wealth, one of those sneaky idols that people are faced with, you know, what do we do? How do we get here where wealth becomes an idol, Lady Tamika? Oh, yeah, it can definitely be one of those. Um, and, and the sad part about it is in some instances it could be quite subtle. You know, um, somebody has a need. You have the uh, resources to bless them, but, oh, no, 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 no. You know, i got to hold on to this. You know, and it's not because you have a debt to pay. It's not because... You couldn't, you know, like you would be all right with, you know, parting, you know, $50, $100, but it gets you to the point where you become tight, you know, more than frugal. You know, I, I've heard people say, oh, she's cheap, you know, and it's not, it's not so much that it's the fear of loss, you know, and not retaining, you know, and then you start acting, you know, weird because you feel like, you know, or uh, now that I think about it, you feel like you've arrived. And so everything and everyone is beneath you. Oh, they're, they're in that thing. Oh, they live in that house. Oh, they have that car. Oh, they ride those clothes. Oh, look at the clothes that they wear. Oh, I would never, you know, befriend them. So it gets you to the point where you start looking as though you're above someone, you know. Um, and it causes issues between, you know, people just because of your mentality. Because trust, trust and believe what you feel in your mind, you act on in some form or fashion. Mm-mm. Vivian, you know, we just got talked about uh, trying to recoup some money. Fifty thou that went into somebody's uh, pocket. And, you know, wealth can easily become an idol for a whole lot of people. How, though? Mm. How easy is that? Yeah. I'm sitting here trying to think if it really is. Sneakily, a sneakily one, like a sneaky one that becomes an idol. And it might be, but I feel like, I don't know. I feel like if you're, if you, like, even if you're not a godly person, everybody knows that when it comes to money, people will do some strange things for some change. So, like, you, you should be more, more cognitive to the fact that. The greed, money, the want for money can can really have you doing some some questionable things and keep yourself guarded because it's just common knowledge, even if you're not a jolly person at this point. So it definitely is one of those things that can easily become an idol. I don't, I just don't know if it's sneaky. So yeah, definitely be aware. Definitely pay attention to that and. You know, just have some morals about yourself. Don't be doing anything and everything to get some money. It, it's just 
it's just, in, in my opinion, it's just not that serious. Like, it'll come eventually, you know, it'll come. You know, if you're, if you're struggling to, the, to that point to where you got to do some questionable things, maybe you need to rethink your lifestyle. But, yeah, it, it's definitely one that you have to pay real good attention to. All righty, all righty. Interesting. Shantice, Vivian says, I don't know if it's all that sneaky. You should have your eyes open. You just got this $50,000. Whether you, you know, we talked about sometimes it gets dropped in your bank account. You know good and well it ain't got no business there. But you don't make that call because money is your focus. How does wealth become, you know, an idol, and is it a sneaky idol? I don't really know about it being unless you're talking about something like the scenario that you just brought up, you know. So like you said with yourself, you know, I know I normally get this money deposited in my account, like clockwork every month on the second, the third, whatever day. And I know I'm supposed to get $10,000. But now I open my account and I got $50,000. Now when normally, you know, Money was never, you know, something that I went crazy over, maybe because I'm just used to a fixed income, or if I get an extra $5, it's like, oh, okay, I got an extra $5. But now I got an extra 40000 And now I just immediately start thinking about what I can do with this money, or I immediately start thinking, well, which account can I move this to? So if they try to take it back, they can't take it from here because it's not in this account anymore, and I moved it. That's the only time I think it can be sneaky because what I have learned about the enemy is when he notices that he can't get you in one area anymore, he will start tapping into other areas where, you know, it wasn't originally, you know, a thing for you, but it is still somehow connected to a struggle you already had. So if you had an issue with covetousness in general, but it wasn't necessarily specifically with money, he will now start tapping into that with money because coveting is coveting regardless of what it is. You know, so if it was, oh, I'm coveting, you know, men. So when it comes to men, I see women, women with men. I want that man. You know, not just I want a man, I want that man. But now God has got you past that. He'll start now helping you look at I want that money, you know. So it's like you still have to be on guard. So then at the end of the day, is it really all that sneaky? Eh. But, you know, as a believer, if you're not a believer, you're not really going to understand why you should have that type of discernment or why you should be paying that close attention to everything that goes on with you, but you still have to make sure that you're on guard because when you start, yeah, I start looking at something past the, the third second, that's when you know you think about something a little too long and you just need to hurry up and do whatever you need to do so that it does not become something that you're idolizing. Mm, okay, okay. Elder Natisha Wealth, a big idol. A huge idol. Even to the fact where the Bible tells us that, oh, Shantis, give up that verse. Come on now. One of your favorites. Hey, what's what's talking about? The left? Not the left. The verse talking about Pastor. No, the wealth one with that camel and the needle. Come on now. for a camel to go to the eye of a needle than for a wealthy man to inherit the kingdom. Amen. 
All right, Elder Natisha, that shows us right there that wealth is going to be an idol. Well, I, you know what? I think anything has the potential to be an idol because the Bible says that the heart of the speechful above all things and desperately sick, who can know it? And so I think that's the reason why we have to um, maintain our posture before the Lord to allow him, in, you know, the ability by way of the spirit to show us ourselves. And so if your focus, which the culture you know, I, I think it is one of the trick of the enemies for today's with our young adults because the enemy is constantly pumping this, you got to grind, you got to grind. And if you're not grinding, then you're lazy. That if you are not a millionaire by the time you are 25, by the, t- by the time you're 30, then you're not doing nothing with your life. And then it causes people who are watching, you know, people kill themselves on social media and they make it look like it's so glamorous you feel like you're not doing anything and you're not content with your life because of this, I got to grind, I got to make it, I got to have all this wealth and have all this money when success is not defined by wealth. It's not defined by how much money you have. Success mm-hmm. is defined by the legacy that you leave. Success is defined by how you love your neighbor. Success is defined by the way that you care for the needy, right? And so, I think, you know, wealth as an idol comes because our heart is desperately wicked, and we live in a day and age when it is constantly um, waved before you that you have got to keep grinding. You've got to have so much. If you don't have the American dream, a house and a car, then what you doing with your life? If your friends ain't pumping you up to go get it, then what kind of friends that you got? You know, it's just it's so many subliminal messages out here that cause people to feel like they are not content with their own lives because we've got that wealth as the main focus. But I I would say it's time for us to redefine success, and it is not by way of wealth. Mm -hmm. Well, they also say health is a sneaky idol. Shatice, would you agree? Health or how? Yes, all of this obsessing over, you know, what you're eating, what you're not eating. Um, Okay, so that's physical health. Your mental health, you know, I I can't talk to you because, you know, you, if I feel like you're not interfering with with my, my peace. And, yes, you do have to be on guard with that. Yes, but now, is this someone you're supposed to be talking to? Is this someone you're supposed to be um, ministering to? You know, anytime, a lot of, here's the thing, a lot with these things, a lot of it has to do with it now becoming an obsession that you don't even realize at times it's becoming, is there's a very thin line between you being on guard about something and now you're like, well, I can't do this, I, I, I can't do that, I got to make sure I do this, I got to make sure I do that, and now that gets put, before what God needs you to do. So there's nothing wrong with making sure you're eating healthy. There's nothing wrong with making sure you're not keeping yourself around a certain type of personal people to make sure you're sane. You know, at the same time, are you consulting God with all of this? So now, again, he can bless you with the discernment because if now you're making all of your decisions, when God is supposed to be making the decisions for you, there goes your idol. 
you know, you are now putting these things that you're leaning on your own understanding and now putting, well, I got to take care of myself like this. I got to take care of myself. Yes, we do have to take care of ourselves, but according to how God is telling us to take care of ourselves. Vivian, Shanti says, you need to be careful about how much you put into this. I got to take care of myself. I got to take care of myself. Or, oops, we lost Vivian. Okay. Elder Natisha, we're going to move this on to you. You know, we have to uh, be careful. We're talking about um, that mental health, emotional health, physical health, spiritual health. Can we do too much of that where it becomes an idol? Absolutely. Anything we value above God is an idol. And so when our eyes shift from the things of God and we place emphasis, we place value, we place focus on something else, if we're willing to do anything, go against the instruction of God, go against the principles of God in order to acquire something, then that means we're placing more value on it when the appropriate way to handle anything in this life, because this life is not our final existence, right? So anything that we're doing in this life, it ought to be through the, uh, the, 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 the spirit of God. It ought to be through our identity in Christ. And so if, if your reason for health is looking at yourself and despising what God has created in you, then there's a a misappropriation of your value because now you are valuing your looks and you're valuing and you're you're, you're actually saying that what God created is not good enough. And the Bible tells us that everything God made was good. (laughs) And so I think, you know, it's, it's the focus that we place on it. Anytime we shift our focus, and if it's not funneled through our relationship, through the will of God concerning us, if it is in opposition to the word of God and what he says about us, then it, it, um, it's destructive. Idols are destructive because they still focus, but they don't give you really what you're thinking it's going to give you. It, 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 it looks better than what it can actually promise and what it actually gives. Uh-huh. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. They got one that shows up here that is very interesting. Intellect. They have intellect as an idol. Uh, Shanti, what's your thought on that one? Yes, having that I know more than you I'm holier than thou attitude. You know, God blesses us with spiritual intellect. When we focus more on him, he opens our eyes more to the mysteries of, you know, his word. And we understand, we understand the proper breakdown of his word. But we cannot now use that to lord ourselves over people. You know, to the well, I, I know more, I know more. Again, that's what got the devil in trouble. You know, I know more, I want to be higher than God. We will never be able to outthink God. We will never be smarter than him. The only reason why we know anything is because. Uh-oh. Oh, Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Uh, you stepped into a bad spot. We cannot hear anything you're saying, and we don't want to miss anything. Mm-mm. 
Okay. So here's what we're going to do. Shantice, hang up and call back. In the interim, we're going to uh, open up Vivian's mic so she can speak. Vivian, uh, welcome back. We've got, uh, I, um, I'm sorry, we have intellect showing up on this list as an idol. Uh, I would say that one is a sneaky one because you wouldn't think that me, you know, pursuing education or, you know, trying to better myself intellectually would become, would be considered idolizing, but it definitely can. Again, if you're putting yourself in, you know, strange positions and places in order to achieve this goal, then it is an idol. If you're putting this thing before what God would have you to do, like, oh, no, I can't do this for, for my family. I can't do this for the church. I can't. I don't have time for this and that because I'm steadily chasing after this intellectual goal. Then you have now, you know, stepped into that zone of idolizing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, now. All right. We got Shantice back. Shantice, you can finish what you were saying. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm saying we have to make sure we don't have that holier-than-thou attitude. You know, the verse that says all good and perfect things come from God. Having the knowledge and the know-how comes from God. So we cannot now use that to lord ourselves over people. You know, we only have the answers because of him. We're only able to answer people's questions because he gives us the answers. We're only able to break things down with our own mess. You know, these revelations that we get, these epiphanies that we get about ourselves, that don't come from us. We ain't all that smart. And that's God giving us those answers. So now it's like, oh, God, I know this, I know that, I know that. Okay, I, they go with that I word, I, I, I. We know nothing. You know, God gives us everything. So we have to really make sure because that's how it then becomes an idol because now you start thinking of yourself more than you ought to because I'm just so smart. I just know. I just know. No, so that, that's how it then becomes an idol. And it can very, very much sneak up on you if you don't continue to identify the source of where your knowledge is really coming from. All righty, all righty. Elder Night T-shirt, Intellect. Ooh, ladies say it's a sneaky one. This might be a sneaky one. What say you? You know what? It it can be a sneaky one. Uh, Here's my, the lesson that the Lord taught me. Um, I, when I first started uh, preaching, I would spend so much time because I I wanted to be an intelligent preacher. Um, Because in, in my first, like, early days of becoming a minister, I was exposed to um, a lot of uh, preaching that was not theologically correct. And so I began to really put emphasis on, now, I want to be an intellectual preacher. I want to be honest. I want, I want to be able to rightly divide the word of God, right? And so in and of itself, here's why it's sneaky, because in and of itself, it doesn't seem like that's a bad request to want to rightly divide the word of God, right? But the, the word tells us that we are supposed to rightly divide it. But the Lord got me one day when I was just putting all this emphasis on all this study, all this study, all this study, and he took me to 1 Corinthians 8 and 1. I'll never forget it, where it says knowledge puffs up, 
but love builds up. And I never, I never forgot that. And so that has been something that has stuck with me, that in regardless of what I do, that knowledge puffs up. It puffs up your chest. It causes pride. It brings about a self-reliance. It brings about this self-indulgence to say that I myself have done this. And that Mm -hmm. is the problem with intellect, is that it brings you into this place of pride. And God says, it is, yes, study to show that self-approved, rightly dividing the word of truth. But it is by my spirit. It is by the love that you will actually build up. So if you stand up here and you want to give these people knowledge and intellect without my love, you have still right. done nothing. Uh-huh. It, is uh-huh. ineff- it is ineffective. And I think that that is true for all things, not just in, you know, the, the scenario I've given, but I think that that's true uh-huh. generally, that in anything you do, if you approach it just with intellect, it is sterile and it is cold and it lacks spirit. It lacks feeling. It lacks empathy. And so I think that intellect can be sneaky because it'll – It'll, you know, you can have you can have this desire for intellect from a very pure place, but we got to be careful with how we idolize it and how it can become the thing that actually, again, steals from you and takes from you. Mm. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Vivian, we're gonna throw in this one they have on this list: comfort. How do you think comfort becomes an idol? Well, that goes back to the one we did before um, last week when you idolize yourself because God is often going to put you in positions where you are un- where you are un- in order to grow you, in order to help others. So if you're choosing comfort over helping someone, if you're choosing comfort over anything else, then you're idolizing your comfort over God. So, again, possibly another sneaky one, because you wouldn't think anything is wrong with, oh, I feel uncomfortable there. You know, you might even attribute that to God telling you, no, that, that's not where you belong because you feel uncomfortable. But it just could, it could just be that you're idolizing your comfort. You would rather be comfortable than grow or try something different. So definitely paying attention to that. Uncomfortability does not mean God is telling you to move. Uncomfortability just means you need to stretch yourself a little bit sometimes. Mm. Okay, okay. Food for thought, food for thought. Uh, Shantice, comfort. Nobody's thinking comfort is an idol, are they? No, especially Mm. when, you know, you're trying to learn how to have a proper, like, work-life balance, you know, or when you're, it's been brought to your attention, whether, you know, through God directly or through others, that you have to take care of yourself a little more. So, like, for example, Sundays is my day to do nothing. I don't have to hear no alarm. I don't have to get up out of bed, whatever I need to do. Lord, just help me be able to do it from my phone so I can continue to just let my body relax and lay in the bed. And if now God needs me to do something for someone else or if he's telling me to do something for myself, say he knows I need, but I'm like, no, because this is my day where I got to 
you know, and I'm really not trying to budge. Again, now I'm officially putting that before him, which then immediately and instantaneously becomes an idol. You know, and it, the definition just keeps getting presented on this line today. It is anything that is put before God, anything that you do instead of listening to God is an idol. So, yes, where it is very important, and I always enforce that to you know anyone I speak to, like if you can really go to God and ask him to help you work out a day where you can, like, really kind of turn your brain off, you don't have to really focus on everything because – you know, you need that. You, yes, you need that. But God know if there is ever a time during that 24-hour spin where he may need you on behalf of someone else or, again, even for yourself, you know, even for yourself. Because I, I don't know what it is. We, we observe the Sabbath, but I don't know what it is about Sunday morning. God really mm. be getting to me with certain things Sunday mornings as far as reading and studying. I don't know what it is. I was like, God. Even though I was in service yesterday and we had an intense study or adult conversation or whatever, it's something about Sunday mornings where no, my, you know, I have to set an alarm, but you just get me up and you give me the desire to sit and pull out my notebook and my Bible and really, you know, go in with you. But now if I told God, I don't want to do that because listen, I studied yesterday. Did, excuse me, Jesus, but didn't we have? Didn't you have me from sunset Friday to sunset Saturday? I don't want to be in school mode again right now. It's Sunday. You know that has my com my comfort has officially become an idol. So you do have to really be on guard that even when it comes to yourself, God is going to give you what you need for you. It's not only for what you can do for Him regarding someone else. It's also for you to benefit you and your relationship with him. All righty, more food for thought, more food for thought. Elder Natisha, we're talking about comfort. Now, a simple thing like comfort, can I get that in without look, being looked at as idolization? <laughs> um, I think the, the problem with uh, comfort is that it really does cater to our flesh. And so anything that uh, caters to our flesh, we have to be careful of. I think in our humanity, all of us would prefer comfort, convenience, right? If I had it my way, um, I would be curled up on my couch with my robe and a cup of tea every day. I would wake up take my shower, brush my teeth, wash my face, and I would put my robe on and ball up in the corner of my couch and have mm -hmm. a cup of tea and be so comforted and content. But that is not my life. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, 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 that is not my life. God has called me uh, to do more, and he's continuing to call me to, to do more. And so I think it is mm -hmm. just a human it is a human nature. It is our preference in our mm -hmm. flesh, <laughs> in our flesh, to 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 want to be comfort and and to seek convenience. When the the problem is that again, it has to be God before everything, even God before my own comfort, God before my own conveniences. And the beautiful thing is that 
when we put God before those things, he gives to us <laughs> the thing um, that we give up for his namesake. So it's not that you can't have comfort. It's not that I don't have moments when I'm able to ball up in, in the corner of my couch with a cup of tea, and it makes it that much sweeter, the moments when I am able to do that. You know, and so it is a beautiful balance between the things we give up and we sacrifice for the, for, for the Lord and not give in to our flesh because he'll turn right back around and he'll give us the proper measure of intellect, the proper measure of comfort and convenience, the proper measure of, of wealth. He'll give it back to us in the appropriate measure. Mm-hmm. Amen, amen, amen. Um, I, w- I would like you ladies, it's it's two of you left, I would like you ladies to just quickly, you know, Elder Natisha mentioned um, God snagging her on the intellect thing, but if you can... Just maybe talk, you know, briefly. Uh, we got a couple of minutes about an a, an area where, you know, you had to, you know, well, God brought it to your realization that, you know, there was that area of idolizing, and you were able to turn it around by the grace of God, with the help of God. Shantis, we'll start with you. Uh, got so many, got so many, how crazy I was. Um, I think one I can go with was, I, I think it may fall into the the category of intellect. Um, because again, you know, God has to show me like you do not know, like you're very knowledgeable, and again, it's only because I blessed you with that knowledge. Which is very knowledgeable, however, sister girl, you know nothing. So <laughs> where a lot of times, you know, I would go to God or God would come to me with something. And, you know, it's like, okay, God, I know, I know, I know, I know this, I know that, I know that. And it's like, whoa, like pump your brakes. You know, you may know, but. It's like he needed me to have a deeper understanding of it. And obviously I didn't know that because if I did, he wouldn't have to come to me with it, you know. But Mm. I think a lot of it had to do with because I'm also, I didn't want to have to go through the, the feeling of whatever he was bringing on. So, for example, I've been noticing that I, I, I see that God is dealing with me on a much deeper level now because everything feels like a detox, everything. I feel it literally in my bones. I feel it when he talks to me. I feel it. It feels like my brain hurts. My my muscles hurt. My Like everything has been hurting. And it's like, what is happening? And it's like, is it because it's like a deeper understanding? And this this is why a lot of people run from God because, the the process is painful when he's digging and digging and digging and taking stuff out and it's like you don't know I now have to instill this knowledge which means which means you have to let go of a lot. You have to let go of not what only makes sense but how you prioritize what you deem important, what you want to focus on. You know, so your intellect 
again, becomes your idol because you want to hold on to that because now it's like, wait, I feel like I'm being stripped of what I know. I feel like, and it's not, no, you're not necessarily being stripped. He's now leveling you up to where now you have more knowledge. You have a better and a deeper understanding of that. But if you want to hold on to the knowledge you think you've given yourself, now how are you supposed to elevate? You're only going to end up going backwards because now he needs he needs to instill more knowledge in you because, you know, he keeps giving me more to do. How am I supposed to do more but only stay on the same level when it comes to what I know? I have to know more in order to do more. So even if knowing more means knowing more of my dysfunctions, which seems to be the top thing, he just keeps showing me. I need to reveal more of your dysfunction to you so you can understand why you need to let go of that in order to do the more of what I'm giving you to do. You know, so mm-hmm. it, it just seems like it's so much, you know, so much more of him showing me that and where I can easily look at it as I'm not measuring up. Oh, God just keeps showing me what's wrong with me. I can't do this. I can't do that. No, think. I'm thanking God. I'm learning to appreciate that and to thank him for taking the time to pay attention to me and to love me enough to show me, okay, yeah, you got okay with that, but I'm showing you how that's still there, and now it's time to even dig at that more so that when you start tapping into these arenas, when you start getting around these people, now my intellect in you can shine more because now no one has to try to dig around all this extra stuff that needs to be going in order to see my intellect. That's just in you. Because we know nothing. We don't know anything. So all his right. knowledge needs to show through me. Amen. 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 Thank you. Elder Natisha. What about you? Um, this may sound um, real interesting, but uh, for years in my earlier walk, my in, my um, my idol was my brokenness. I um, placed more value in uh, the things that I had gone through, and I allowed that that lens. I looked at my life through that lens, and I allowed for. Um, bad treatment to be acceptable. I allowed for the questioning of my my mind, my thoughts, my heart, um, simply because I always defaulted back to the fact that, well, I came from this rough childhood and I had all of this abuse. And so because I had all of this abuse, maybe it's me. I have to be the problem. I, I, I can't be normal. I can't. And so... I think one of the things that is so important is that we don't place more value in where we've come from, but we place more value in where God has taken us. Because for a very long time, my idol was the fact that I had this troubled past. I had this horrible background. And meanwhile, God was breaking me, delivering me, bringing me forward out of that place and introducing me to new things, but I was bringing that baggage with me into the new place. Mm -hmm. And it was because 
there was a misappropriation again, an idol misappropriation of where I placed value. I could not see my value in Christ. I could only see my value through the lens of what I had been through and where I have come from. And so everything that they said is supposed to happen to me because I am a victim of sexual abuse. Then everything in the new place, every time somebody would try to do something good or God would open up a door, I, I would be still functioning through all of the effects that they said come with a child of, of sexual abuse instead of walking in the new nature, in the new creation by which God had, had made me. And so I think, you know, let's be careful, people of God, that we are not allowing our past dysfunctions to come into the new place. Because when Jesus changes our name, when he delivers us, when he sets us free, it says that we are now a new creature. Old things have passed away. So those things are no longer even connected to us. Yes, in our humanity, there will be the effect of it that will still rear its ugly head, but God has given us the authority to stand on top of those things. That's why we are more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors because every time it comes up, I conquer it. So I am more than the last thing I conquered. <laughs> and so I, I just wanted to kind of throw that out there because I, I don't think people realize that that your dysfunction, you can actually have that as an idol. Your bad past, you can keep that as an idol when you place more emphasis and places more value on that than the freedom that which God has given you. Amen. Amen. Amen, ladies. Um, I, I really appreciate. I'm glad I did ask you know, with the leading of the Lord. Um, I'm glad I did ask because you two actually kind of touched on some things that were not, you know, they're not prominent. They're th- not things that people would think of, in, in, you know, immediately. And that's what I love about this due time crew, your thinkers and your sharers. And I thank you so much for um, your transparency and it, just being able to express what it is that not only um, you've experienced, but what God has brought you through, and again, what you've been able to conquer through God. So thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation, and I pray you have a blessed day. Thank you. You too. Have a blessed day, ladies. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, let's get this benediction. Hmm. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 7. Hmm. As I asked the ladies about, you know, uh, their... Idol, um, one idol that they've experienced. I actually, I was like trying to think myself and not uh, just trying to come up with one, but one that was really that stuck out, that stuck out to me. And and one of the things that stuck out to me, I'll never forget. <laughs> um, I remember saying. Quite a few times, you know, if if any, if God sends me a husband, 
Um, he's not going to be able to come up in here and, and tell me what to do. You know, I'm, I, it's my blood, sweat, and tears that has, you know, done um, what I needed to do to get through um, this house. And, um, you know, it was me and God and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and I think about how intensely that, that I mean, it was, I mean, it was, mm, I mean, you couldn't tell me anything. And, you know, at the time, I I didn't think it was, you know, what it was. Um, And it took a long time. It took a long time. And God had to reveal some things to me that helped me to understand, you know, uh, even though you credited me, you know, even though you didn't steal all the shine, you know, you threw in that little tailpiece of, you know, me and God and, you know, God and me. And, you know, I never left that out. <laughs> I'm gonna make sure I include that one. Um, always going to give God the credit. He really had to kind of, and you always hear me say, snatch me, you know, by the collar and help me just kind of refocus and you know, because still, you know, as Shanti said a while ago, you know, that me, 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 I, I, I. Um, and and it came also when uh, I told you a story about, I mentioned before, um, cutting my hair. You know, the, the medication for the fibromyalgia that I was taking took my hair out. And I just, I didn't mind cutting it off. I was like, okay, well, you know what, if I got to cut it off, I got to cut it off. No big deal. And I remember... Uh, as a matter of fact, it was Pastor Ed's wife who said, oh, my God, I love your hair. It looks so good on you. And she said, I wish I could, you know, I could do it. And she says, but um, she called him Perry. She said, Perry wouldn't, you know, wouldn't like that. And I looked up, I was like, what? <laughs> and I just went all in on, you know, me and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, finally God had to ask me, you know, how you want me to send you a husband when, you know, or you, you know, if I sent you a husband, would you be ready for that? Because you in your own space, you, you, you did this, you did that. I was like, hey, can't nobody tell me about my head? Can't nobody tell me about my head? I just wake up one day and decide to cut my hair. How you going to tell me about my hair? It's my head. I mean, it just, I just, again, that was just my, I just went all out on that. And God really had to really check me. And he had to say to me, you know what, if and when this happens, it'll be me. It'll be me. So what you're ultimately saying is you're going to put all of your rationale, you're going to put all your desire, you're going to put all of you in front of me. And and, and initially, I didn't catch it. And I was like, no, that's not, you know, I did say you. (laughs) I did say you. And he really had to work on that with me to help me understand. And some of the things that he's shown me subsequent to that, I had to really be checked. It's like, well, if I decide to send you a husband, you're not ready. And I was real indignant. I was like, oh, yes, I am. And over the years, those two instances, over the years, he has really shown me 
how he's really shaped and molded me more to be husband ready. You know, it, it's it's a lot. It, it you know you don't even realize how much you have to be broken down. You really don't realize how much you. That's why I really liked what what the two ladies said because you don't even it, you don't even catch it. You you know you're in that you're in this thing already before God really the spirit of the Lord really has to kind of like Shanti said just peel away those 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 layers of onion skins and just continue to and and dig out the, the that center and really get into you know who you are and the way you're thinking and we don't realize you know and you know where we are we don't realize how deep we're in this thing it just it takes a minute to catch on at times and and that's why I kind of appreciate the you know the sneaky idols you know as, as the ladies have said not all of them are all that sneaky but they they're sneaky in a way because before you could really catch where you are mentally where you are physically where you are emotionally where you are spiritually you're all in and you don't realize it's about your will and your way. It's not it's not until God really begins to deal with you that you don't realize that, you know, it, it, it because of your experiences, like Elder Nightisha said, because of the things that you've gone through, that's where your head is. You don't want to be broken. You don't want to be, you know, dissected. You don't want to be split open and, 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 and your nastiness and bad way of thinking you know, be revealed. You don't want to be checked. You don't want God to show you who you really are. And that's why a lot of people run. That's exactly why a lot of people cut out. They're not in church no more. They don't want to hear, you know, anything anymore. Because looking at you, the real you in a mirror, mm, that ain't fun. And you really got to be ready. You really, see, it takes conversations like these, the ones we have here on this due time, for you to really say, this is me. I may not like it, but this is me. I don't like to be checked, but this is me. It takes these conversations and you standing up before God and not, Shrinking, and I'm not saying that you know, you know, falling and getting up is a bad thing. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is standing tall is a lot. Standing tall, being able to take that punch. Remember years ago when we were kids, they had that big old clown that was on a ball, and no matter how much you hit it and punched it and slapped it and all of those, it just never stayed down. It just kept coming right back and standing up. That's what God is looking for. This is when this is what He's talking about when He says, "I don't want any cowards in my kingdom." It, you know, there won't be any cowards in my kingdom. Actually, this is what it takes to be a real person of God. A real believer. And some people may not quite get what I'm saying, but it, it takes a, I mean, you really got to stand tall and it's not easy. And, and, and we really got to make it happen. And it takes a lot of work to make it happen. Check them idols. Check what you don't even think are idols. 
and watch how God will move in your life when he starts to pull all of those things away from you and you really get revealed and you don't mind seeing the nasty, ugly you because you know God is on you. Uh, I'm already into my one minute, so I will say it's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please don't miss this opportunity to make sure you develop a stronger relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us until tomorrow God spares where it's therapeutic Thursday. Until then, I love you.